It's the Offix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Offix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Offix. Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another episode of the Uppix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and back from his wonderful tropical vacation is my partner in crime. Thank me later. How we doing, brother? Man, you said it. I'm, I'm living the dream, man. Came off a great vacation. Glad to be back. Seems like a lot, lot's going on, so happy to jump back in on it. Oh, Yeah. A lot is going on, and uh, if you missed last week's episode, we did have uh, Jimmy D from Uplift. Um, very interesting, and they had their land sale over the weekend, and yeah, it, it was it was a very interesting conversation. And uh, definitely check out last week's episode. And for some, did you get in on the land sale? Uh, I did not. I've yeah. been spending my money on legits and NBA Top Shot. Oh, you still doing that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I got I got some money there. I autograph. Man, have you seen some of the stuff autograph.io is coming out with? Yeah. Dude, the Saul series, they got this like death mask and like you have to, it's like a NSFW, they're like warning content. And I click up, like, how bad could it be? And it literally crushes the dude's skull and like blood oozes out the bottom of it. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> that's yeah. extreme. Well, you saw that they had the, I think they called them magic cubes or something. Those were released. So if you had a Gretzky, you could get pre sale on it. And then they were released today for the general public sale. Uh, they were 60 bucks and it was just kind of rent. You weren't really sure what you're getting because you couldn't open it right away. So that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't get out on it. I probably should have. Was that the first mystery cube that they did? Yes. And they were talking about, you know, depending on the, the cards. Yeah, they had everything laid out. It, it seemed interesting. I just was skeptical, and I'm not a Gretzky. Gretzky's the greatest hockey player, but I'm just like, meh. Right. No, no that's fair. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like the fact I saw it was, like, uh, partnered with Upper Deck, which is kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, back in the day, I mean, that's that was the, the big oh, yeah. rivalry. Tops and Upper Deck. I like Upper Deck. They make a lot of really cool, like, I don't know, accessories the right word. So I was I played Magic the Gathering a lot, and they had some of the best card sleeves and stuff like that. Um, uh, they always went with the, uh, you know, they, they took cards to the next level. Yeah, like, they always did, like, really interesting, like, stuff. So I, I like the fact that it was branded, you know, that they had, like, the Upper Deck partnership was kind of going on. Um, again, like, the Lionsgate stuff with Saul is, is fascinating. Um, I, haven't, I haven't been in on any of the drops in a while there. Um, plus, uh, interesting development. I don't know if you're aware, but, like, I can't do anything in-app anymore on my phone. Really? Yeah, I tried to go to the DK marketplace, and it was just like, it comes up like, hey, this is the largest marketplace, and it's like no in-app purchases are available, and it doesn't even let me view it in the app at all. Wow, I, I didn't have that issue. So 
and then really have you tried to log into the app recently though like yeah i looked um when i got when i got in queue for the gretzky pre-sale huh but i wonder I, if it's a state thing or what then no you're in texas man you can do like anything the u.s constitution says and they say screw all these other dumb rules we're going back to the way it should be so you're good <laughs> the way, all right, calm down there, good old boy. Jeez, old Pete. I figured you'd like that. I mean, to some degree, but my goodness. Yeah. Vacation was good? Vacation was great. Oh, my gosh. I'd never been to Hawaii before. Absolutely beautiful state. Um, did a bunch of tours. Like, got to go where they filmed Jurassic Park and Kong and yeah, it was it was super cool. Oh, that's good. Glad you had a good time. Glad uh, the outcome of it was a very successful trip too. So, and then you made it back safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah, pretty good flights. No complaints there. So, yes, awesome. good good trip overall for sure. Good. Well, this is episode one hundred and four, and man, be dead. Isn't there a thing one hundred and four in park? Is that a thing? Yeah. What is it? It's a show on BET. Oh. <laughs> or, Why the hell do I know that? <laughs> or is it, no, I think it's 106 in Park. 106 in Park. 106 in Park? Yeah. I was like, I don't know why. That sounds... It, 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 it was close. <laughs> yeah. So... The views, information, and opinions expressed on the Epic Podcast are solely those of myself and Thank Me Later and any guests of the podcast and do not necessarily represent, reflect those of Upland Me, Inc. We are not employed by or provided insider information from the Upland team. All discussions about properties to buy and sell are not financial advice. Please do your own research first. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Upix Podcast. Um, oh, look at Franklin's talking about really liking to upper deck so don't invite him to your party or if you have been upper decked, <laughs> you know franklin's the first one to go check out for that yeah that che- that checks out i believe that <laughs> yeah now it's been a while since we jumped into what dap raider has been saying about the blockchain games and it's interesting do people still do people still subscribe to, to dap raider you got to subscribe uh, I meant like just like in general. Like, do they do people still? Is Dap Radar still a thing? I don't know. Like is it, but it's like is that up. still like the number one? Is that like the go to? Not necessarily a negative way, but like is that is it is Dap Radar like the number one news source for this? Out of curiosity, like, or is there? I'm curious if there's like competitors that have different information or anything. If there is, I need to know because I'm just pretty lazy. I pull up my bookmarks each episode, and it's just there. That's fair. I mean, you're no T. Davis. We know that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> he would know with... Uh, so I heard there was way too much discussion of actual Upland last week and that uh, more shenanigans needed to be had. Uh, last week it was all Uplift. Or Up... Was it Uplift? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what they said. Yeah. Bunch of Uplift stuff. The hell's Uplift? It's uh, Minecraft on the blockchain. Oh, isn't that the other? There was another one of those. Oh, no, maybe that was No, that's not Decentraland. No, 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 no. I think Uplift is the one I was thinking of. Anyway. Yeah. So if I listen to podcasts, I'd go listen to it, but I don't. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, Franklin made the TML didn't listen. Like, duh, we know this. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't listen to podcasts. People who listen to podcasts are weird. Except for the ones that listen to our podcast. They're awesome. <laughs> I, I can't even say that was a nice save because it was too long of a pause. No, it was an intentionally long pause. <laughs> so interesting thing is Splinterlands is uh coming back around. I didn't know Splinterlands was on did I know Splinterlands was on Wax? Is that new? They did a yeah. No, it's not new. They've been that way for a while. They had the hive and then they also went to wax, so they're on both. But yeah, they came back around and they're leading the seven day average. Alien Worlds is still there. Axe Infinity, Crypto Mine. I think it's interesting how Aliens Worlds has no do, do none of the wax? None of the wax have volume numbers and balance, I guess. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Hmm. Seems sus, but okay. Yeah. I mean, if it was just Alien Worlds who didn't have the number, but it looks like none of the Wax projects have that. So I don't know if that's just a reporting gap or what. Probably some sort of API issue. Might be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but overall over the last 30 days, Upland's sitting in seventh place at a... 150,000 users. So hopefully this uh, Series A funding really uh, interjects a bunch of stuff into the game. I did see that there is a beta business meeting coming up. So that's exciting. We're getting back to business licenses now that legits are over. All these cities are opened and we're going to get to businesses. Or do you think that the meeting is to tell us that they're not going to do businesses? (sighs) Yeah. There could be. Because they said said it was like uh, they're not doing, it's not a business license anymore. It's like a venture something. To do's, yeah, venture do's. It's like, excuse me? Mm, Seems sus. I'll hold my my, uh, judgment until, um, you know, the results of what it is. But, yeah, I don't... I'm skeptical and I'm a little worried, but we'll see. Yeah. And I thought it was this week or I was like, there's a meeting tomorrow for, I think for something. I think there's a moderator meeting or a, I don't remember if it's moderator or or whatever meeting. Yeah. There's an internal meeting tomorrow. Venture dues will be interested Venture dues. Hmm. And that will replace. How, how about we venture don't? It only got two hand celebrations, the whole comment, so. Yeah. I think, again, people have been burned recently. I mean, burned pretty consistently, especially on this. Like, I mean, we went through a pretty lengthy process and I don't know definitely frustrating because if if they don't give some consideration I won't say benefit but if they don't give some consideration to the people who first went through the process who you know filled out and did a business plan some of them were very elaborate um, business plans and you know commitments of millions of upex to this project you know over i think at this point it's been over a year or close to 
close like to. If, if they don't give major considerations to that group of, of people who have been there since the beginning, um, who have continued to try to stay optimistic and all of this, I, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Like, that, that's probably the politest way I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, there there has to be something because we we've hung in there we've felt now the people that did the extensive business plans kudos to you because some people went like way in depth i'm like man they you're talking about stuff that might not even ever be incorporated in the game i'm just like uh yeah i'm gonna design stuff and people will put them on their yards and other people will steal them so what yeah no i know that there are some people who did like very sincere in-depth plans i know you know i I mean this is the frustrating thing about about this is is you get this momentum like there was a certain atmosphere i mean people came together there was strategies there was excitement and then for it to just go numb i mean it's literally gaming blue balls like it's just like geez how many times can you get us excited and then not give us the release you know what i'm saying that's where you just got to finish it off yourself. Come on now. Oh, I mean, I did in the corner, but you know, whatever. Like, there's a shameful pile in uh, San Francisco, <laughs> but uh, like, it's just it's it's happened yeah. so many times now. Like, it's and like I love to see people get excited um, after you know, like Porky Park, but like also they like oh yeah, like people who think like they're re you know that they've invented something amazing like oh we're gonna we're doing this cool community thing and this is gonna be so different it's like yeah i mean that's awesome like there's been a hundred before you there'll be a hundred after you you're not unique or special like you're you're not doing anything new like you have the current momentum and i truly hope it pays off for those teams um you know eventually a team will hit it in the right stride they'll get the momentum and actually It'll correspond with major, you know, upland feature releases. But there's so many of us that have tried to do this time and time again, only to be let down because the game doesn't support, you know, the momentum. You get this momentum and then just die. So um, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the next year, 2022, we start to see that change and we start to see, you know, especially with this major funding. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that, what do you, you know, what, I don't really, you know, I saw it. I'm excited about it. You know, a $300 million valuation. Is that good for us? Like, Oh, absolutely. Is, is it, do you feel like that that's, you know, how much, you know, before that, I, if somebody was like, how much do you think Upland as a, you know, a company is worth? Uh, I don't know that I would have an answer for that. Yeah, I, I mean, if you think about it, that's pretty good. And from 2019 to 2021, they started out with about $1.8 million in seed money. Last episode, uh, Left House and I, we talked about what uh, Series A funding was and the impacts of all that and what it all really means. And I, I'm excited for it. And, uh, you know, Jimmy D was on the Uplift team, and he's excited for it. He said it's a big thing for, the, you know, the blockchain community and we're seeing more and more of the venture capitalist and the uh, and uh, 
New York and San Francisco firms buying into these games, which is huge. And, you know, you being a big gamer, and I've always said, you know, the money's in the microtransactions of, you know, people that will spend $10,000 a month on a game that they get absolutely nothing in the end other than their name and they're the biggest badass on that game. Yeah. No, it's, it's well, the gaming industry, you know, to give, obviously crypto, everyone in crypto is very bullish on the NFTs and NFTs of the future. From the gaming side, um, I will, I have a lot more experience there. It is very divided. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. Uh, Toku um, is, a, is a gaming, like they do a lot of gaming reports. They are so anti-NFT. Steam has blocked all NFT games. A lot of game publishers are, are, are railing on the fact that, you know, these NFTs aren't bringing utility. They're not doing anything that is changing games fundamentally and that it's breaking it. While there are some other teams um, Epic being one of them that are embracing it and see it as an opportunity to really um, bring it up to market. Uh, it is interesting uh, to see this kind of uh, really split in the gaming community um, of love-hate for NFTs. I can understand studios being skeptical because when you start talking, I mean, there's been other games that had um, – fiat transactions if you look at uh diablo 3 when it first came out like that was one of the biggest drawing points was it had a real money auction so you could put up games that you're you put up items you've got in game for auction for for real money um and it was a big big business for a while and um I, i think it got cracked down and you know it's really hard because what happens is, imagine you pay $5,000 for something, and then all of a sudden somebody finds a crack. Almost all these games um, have end up having something where somebody finds a way to exploit money, duplicate items, and it absolutely destroys economies, especially when you're talking things like that. Uh, you know, real-life money, they're, you know, everyone's holding them accountable, and there's a lot more responsibility to the games when they do that. So I think they're scared to get into this NFT plus the technical hurdles with the blockchain, I think uh, are probably larger than these uh, studios want to take on. Yeah. I mean, Upland, they even say they're working through new technologies with what they're trying to do. Nobody's done before. And you got a lot of people trying that we're still in the infant aspect of this. And once all those things are ironed out and, and then just rolled out to the masses. You're, it's going to be very interesting, and you're going to see a lot of money roll in. Yeah, I like Stur- Sturge Merlin in the uh, in the audience. Uh, I really like what he says here. If there was no resistance, it wouldn't be a revolutionary technology. Uh, I, I really like that. That's it. That is an absolute great sentiment. Um, the other side of it is the art side, uh, which I know I've been trying to bring uh, some people in. I, I think. The ability for artists, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, still images, uh, movies, music, uh, has some amazing opportunity. But, my God, these, like, auto-generated pump and dump. I, I, I get nauseous just looking at them. Like, what the fuck is the point of all of this? Ooh, it makes me want minutes. to blow my brains out. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't get that part. And, and the problem is like, that's what most people see when they see NFTs, they see these pre-generated just spam nonsense. They see these crypto punks that are selling for millions of dollars for 32 pixels that they just, they can't fathom. They don't understand. You got all these people that are just like copy, paste, copy, paste. Like, there's so much like misinformation, uh, abuse of systems. Uh, it is, uh, I think it's going to be really hard to wrangle some of that in. Um, and it's going to take something like Upland. I, that's why I guess I'm, I'm really happy Upland for as much fault. And I mean, we've seen it. I mean, we know the NFL legits like that release was is and continues to be janky. You should not buy something and then get no in-game confirmation or anything that you've made a purchase. <laughs> like, yeah, just trust <laughs> us. You're, we'll give you something at some point, maybe. Like, th- that's absolutely insane. Like, that is horrible. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm hoping you know. that's fixed because, it, and then, you know, and then when you do give it to us, it's a box spraying out two initials of numbers in colors and it goes fast enough and not even your best NFL fan is going to be like, Oh yeah. Cause there's a lot of offensive linemen, defensive linemen, no name players that the average fans not going to be like, Ooh, yes. Even when you get a star one, you're like, I think that might've been so-and-so and it goes so quick. <laughs> so it's like, just say, Hey, you're legit. You're here. Go check your assets to see what you got. You don't have to do that. Just, and there's nothing that you can turn that animation off on your, cause I looked, I'm like, I right, just let me go look and see what I got. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little disappointing, but again, their, their execution, they're sticking with the apps. They're obscuring the technology of the blockchain. I think that they're, they're doing the right things um, in general. So I, I like that. It's going to take a game. I hope it is Upland I, I, for obviously personal selfish ass reasons. I really hope it's Upland, but it's going to take a game like Upland that helps transition um, and show utility to the NFTs. Uh, again, I think the average person just doesn't understand um, the value. And to be fair, it doesn't add any new gaming mechanics. As far as I can tell, like if maybe I'm wrong, and I would love for a blockchain sleuth to tell me if there is a true gaming mechanic that can be made available because of blockchain and NFTs that you couldn't just do in a normal game without having to include blockchain. So. And then with these legits, you know, a couple of times I've even offered that I will give up my Upland account to lead up the NFL team, you know, and nothing. Because I don't want you. They listen to this podcast every week. They know your nonsense. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, the worst, worst 104 uh, episode job interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, MM Secnet, I mean, he, he gave up his Upland account and now he's headed up the security and third party development relations. So congratulations there to, to him for that. I mean, he, yeah, I saw that is, that's super cool. Um, 
I t- touched base with him a little bit after after it, congratulating him. Um, obviously, that is going to be an integral role um, working with third parties. Obviously, um, projects like UpX World. Um, that's it's going to be really important to see how they they manage those APIs and security concerns. I love that it actually. Um, that they took somebody from the community because that is somebody who understands the community, who understands our pain, um, who probably wants the same vision as a lot of the players. So very cool. I, I think that's an interesting move, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah, me too. And that's definitely something that, you know, security, uh, the guy has cybersecurity and technology professional so that that will be very interesting to see how he's incorporating and chasing after some of these bot accounts and multi-accounts and all that fun stuff Um, yeah dude it's crazy like i haven't been looking at a lot but even like the referrals and stuff like holy cow like i wonder if these are legit like these are just like big accounts i guess it could be you start getting influencers and people you get one or two people that, uh, you know, have a good following and they tweet out their link, I guess. Yeah. But I go, how are these people getting hundreds of referrals? So, I mean, I guess if you have a following, I guess it wouldn't be too bad. But, yeah, I don't know. Just seems a little sus. Referral bonuses, got to go. Just now it's time to phase it out. I think You've they grown. need to be capped. I don't know that you get rid of them, but let's cap them. Like... Cap them at a hundred bucks. Like let people put in a hundred and get a hundred and fifty. Like that's that's good. Like like that's fair. But you know, if somebody dropping in ten grand and getting fifteen grand in, uh, you know, and well, actually, essentially twenty grand in in upex is is insane. Like that's just it's too much. It's too much of an advantage. I think, um, and it's too easy to abuse. Yeah, I'm to the point. Stop the re- okay. I'll, I'll go with cap the referral bonus, but I just say get rid of it all together, and then get rid of the collection bonuses. Still have collections, still have the multiplier, but stop handing all this free money out now. Oh, did you see what uh, Recurrier put? I, I didn't see. Um, oh, earnings cap. Um. Uh, I didn't see that. Earnings cap. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah, so that's interesting. Oh, what if they were like, uh, but I, I would imagine the earnings cap's got to be fairly high. They're not going to be like a million, million OPEX earnings cap, right? It'll be like 10 million OPEX earnings cap. Right. I would think. And maybe maybe that's how they where is it? What's it under? UPEX earnings cap. Q1 2020 UPEX earning accumulation cap. Wonder what that is. Let's see. Does it have details? It just says No, it doesn't have any details. Fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, they've always talked, earnings cap is something different because they always talked about the interest rate coming down. Yeah, but, I mean, interest rate coming down and capping and earnings cap are two really big things. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I think that there would be some upset people. Yeah, I mean, if you if you put a cap again, it depends on the cap. But if you put it like ten million, and like if you put it at a cap that's higher like two to five X higher than anybody currently earns today. And they just go, Hey, this is for future. Like we don't want some whale coming in, dropping millions of dollars and then earning just so much that it just outpaces everybody. Um, that's one thing. If they come in and they go, yep, it's a million up X earning cap. Like you would do a bunch of weird shit to the economy. Like, I just feel like, like if you, if it was way low, like that would be crazy bad, but yeah, it's gotta be something that accommodates the whales, but doesn't let the whole game economy get out of control. Yeah. It's interesting. So overall with your legits, have you looked much at it, been participating in the leaderboard competition to earn the black explorers? I mean, I feel like I'm going to get a block explorer no matter what. <laughs> so I haven't been, I got a couple people trying to trade me. I have not, I have not traded a single legit at this point. Um, I just, I don't see why I would. I got some people that I know want some things to make some stuff happen for them, but I'm just like, I don't know enough to, to trade educatedly like even if it is player score like i just i'd rather not trade um at this point for the most part jim i'll probably give you all my uh cleveland stuff but whatever like you get you'll get all my browns i like it but other than that like i'm, I'm just not I, I don't know i just want the block explorer and once i found out that it's one block explorer per person, which again, I, I was talking to TM about this earlier. Uh, and I just, I don't understand. Like if they're going to be a set amount, how are they just going to burn the rest? What are they doing? Yeah, I, I was, I thought it'd be great if we could all, you know, well, Locke would have ended up with 32 block explorers, which have been awesome for the block explorer shop in itself. But it was disappointing to know. I, in one way, yeah, it keeps everybody from a lot of concentrated players getting a bunch of block explorers, so it does open it up to everybody else to have a shot at getting the block explorers for it. But then that was the other interesting thing. I had some some messages about what do I do with my legits? I know nothing about the NFL. I got these things. You guys told us to get them, but... What do I do? Do I trade it? Do, do I try and get a team? Do I? And that was the interesting thing is now people bought it on our recommendation and they're like, I have no clue what to do with these things. Just wait. I mean, I'm just waiting until I can figure that out. Right? Like, I mean, is it, do you think that'll ever happen? I just want to fiat, right? Like, right. to me, that's the dream. Like, that's the goal is you just get to a point where I can fiat my legit. Sell, sell them for, you know, five, $10, $20 a piece, whatever they go for, and, you know, make a bunch of money. And if you got the mementos and they're one of ones, that's awesome in itself there. That's going to be value in itself right there. And I'm glad that Upland did post the Google document um, so you can see 
what players fall into what categories. And definitely if you're un if you're not familiar with the NFL and you don't know what to do, definitely reference that for the trades. You know, trade an elite for an elite, a key player for a key player and a starter for a starter. You can get into the, well, this person is a bigger name than this person. It just really depends. But you definitely don't want to trade outside of the tiers of players um, because they're selected that way for a reason. And then you do have some players that are considered starters that are now stars or that would be considered an, a key player or an elite player. So, you know, name recognition is one thing. You can use Google for who's the best players, blah, blah, blah. But you definitely want to reference that document to make sure that you're not trading like an elite for a starter or an elite for a contributor. You, you definitely want a fair deal. And if you're taking advantage of these, uh, of our European players, come on now. They don't watch the NFL. They'll hook you up, but just don't try to take that big of an advantage of them. Yeah. Yeah, my advice is if you don't know, like I don't know anything about the NFL. I'm like I'll be the first one to admit that, and I'm be probably just trading based on funny names that I want. Um, but the reality is, just hold them. Like wait, wait until there's a marketplace and you can know what they're worth. If you're not, unless you're trying to like collect a team, it seems like that's going to be important if you have a team. But if not, just uh, hodl, man. Just buy a bunch. It's like. Um, it would be the equivalent of owning, in my opinion, it would be like owning a bunch of properties in San Francisco. <laughs> so that's why I'm so bullish on it. Like, even if I, I bought tons of properties that I know, you know, nothing about, they're in random neighborhoods or I bought them for a contest, but just told them they'll, they'll be worth a lot. They're the Genesis set. Uh, I think it's important. Yeah, Definitely hold on to them and stop letting TM beg you for the Cleveland Browns. Definitely. You want to hook me up and trade for those. So (laughs) yeah, too stupid. Well, I'm not going to get in the middle of it. TM and I and, and Locke and a couple other people are all going to be working together on some stuff. So I don't want, I won't go too far against them, but (laughs) You're my buddy. I'll hook you up with my Browns. If I, I don't even know if I have any. You I do. probably don't even have any. You do. And what what place am I? Am I placed on it? Uh, I'd have to look again. Maybe I'll go for it. Lock, me and you, man. Let's knock these guys out. Lock's killing it. <laughs> Lock's insane. Who's no, Wait, who's number one then? Lock. If you're number two, are you number one? No, I'm not. Locks number one, TM's number two, and I think I'm four oh. right now for the Browns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lock, you crazy SOB. So that's the so San Francisco. A lot of people, you know, have started going back to San Francisco. You got a bunch of people to go back to start uh you know, a lot of people have properties there, a lot of the original players and they're going back there to treasure hunt for the spark. Now we do have the upland marketplace analytics. Have you checked that site out lately? Uh, I can't say that. I, I mean, I, I looked at it. Um, obviously, um, 
Yeah, X1 actually reached out before they launched just to give a heads up, knowing that, uh, you know, we're working on uh, UpX World, making sure, you know, he's like, you know, this is not competition with UpX World and, you know, just trying to get a stopgap, which I think in and of itself is very telling in the fact that it's important. The analytics is so important uh, that they had to put something together to to try and bridge the gap. Um, I, I think a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I'm just going to do my own thing or I'm going to try and do it myself. Oh, wait, by the way, somebody was saying, uh, I won't bring it up here. I'll, have, I'll go back. But like, you know, a lot of people, you know, are like, oh, well, we'll just do it ourselves. It's not as easy. No. Like if it, if it was easy, it would already be done. Um, like, our team uh, and, and Recurrier has been great in helping, you know, get us some some good talent back on, on the roster and, and organizing some stuff. I mean, we have some really good people that are doing a lot of work uh, to try and move this forward. This is not a small task. It's, um, you know, when we first did, when, when Hacker and I were first working on it, and I mean, again, Hacker did 99% of all of the development, um, or, well, him and the, the developers. I had nothing really to do with it other than just giving input and, and the URL. Uh, but the reality was it was small. It was We started out with just like San Francisco and Manhattan. There wasn't, you know, new cities every two weeks. The number of transactions was relatively small. Um, I mean, now we're talking you know, a heavy volume of transactions, lots of cities, lots of action, um, now NFTs, all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot more that is going into the actual creation of this in order to be supportable. Plus, again, we want to make it something that's more than just a searching site. We, we want to make it something that is an integral part of players' day-to-day interaction with Upland. Um, so we, we definitely see UpX World being a site that you have open nearly as much, maybe even more than you have Upland open in, you know, looking for things and kind of, you know, working within the system as well. So, um, yeah, I appreciate everyone's patience. I mean, it's early November. I won't make any any comments on our, on our timeline. You can see it on the website. Um, but I, I know our team is working really hard at, at getting something as soon as they can. And what I'd be interested to see is the the transaction numbers watching it over time as you know up to land started to become unreliable and there was nothing there to watch just the overall number of transactions on the secondary market and see how far it dipped i I mean I think it had to be pretty bad if upland stepped in and said, "Hey, you know we used to have third parties do this, but we got to do something i yeah, which is kind of funny because it's just like, well, if you just gave us a little bit more support, <laughs> maybe. But, like, uh, also, like, the thing about the APIs is, again, it's a very slippery slope. Uh, you have to be careful about what APIs you're allowing people to get into. Um, you know, hopefully that's what this new role of third party and security. Uh, you know, I work in enterprise architecture. I understand, especially when you're dealing um, in the cloud. And I mean, I'm sure blockchain's even more. Uh, well, blockchain is being all public. That's where we we actually get most of our information. We, we don't use the the uh, Upland API. And Recurrier can probably correct me if I'm wrong here. I actually don't think we use it at all at this point. We we're pretty much exclusively scraping scraping the chain um, for the data. So. 
the API obviously would get us, you know, more insights, more information, but they can't necessarily open that up to us without, um, you know, a single third party without having some security in place without having, I'm sure that there will be additional um, kind of agreements and things that we'll need to put in place if we're going to be an authorized third party um, and there will need to be security, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, but trust me, the product that we put out will be, a far superior product than what has been on the market previously. Um, and we will continue. Um, we will continue to innovate in this space. I think we have the right team in place. Um, and yeah, so soon. <laughs> Asterix as always like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, that is, that would be interesting to see the volume over time. I'm very interested in the analytics. I want to make a true video um, because we have essentially every chain, uh, we have a, a complete copy of, of the blockchain back from essentially the Genesis transaction. I would love to, to make a video uh, at some point of like the, the buying of San Francisco, right? So have a real-time uh, time-lapse video of uh, you know purchases across San Francisco. I think there will be a couple events. Uh, looking at TM specifically, you know, uh, when he comes in and buys out all of VV or when there's a, you know, a competition, there's a run on uh, whatever that stupid town is. Oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, when sun selling out Sunset and all that, I think it will be really interesting to see, like, where did people first start to settle um, and who was buying up clusters to begin with and stuff like that. Um, so I'd like to see some, I'm personally a big historical fan. I, I like, I want to see some historical data. And I think that, that would be fun to, to watch and share. Oh yeah. And I know some neighborhoods you're seeing more and more activity in them. I know uh recur, you're just pushed the floor of Mercer Manor to 200 K. So you can't get into Mercer Manor for less than 200 K now in San Francisco. <laughs> And I can't wait to be able to compare the floors of the different neighborhoods and and see where it's at. How long do you think um, it will be before we see a San Francisco uh, floor of a hundred or overall hundred k? That's a great question. I think it'll be a little while. I think there's still a good amount. What's what's our floor now? Are we in the twenties? Um, we're 32 properties away. This was earlier today, probably about three o'clock Eastern time. We were 32 properties away from having the floor at 20 K. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still think there is a, there's a, there's a lot of properties to get, um, to a hundred K. Uh, and I think once we start seeing, like, cause I, what will happen is every time you get to a major milestone, like once we hit 50 K, I think you'll see, um, you know, people start to be like, Oh my gosh. And start to sell some of their, you know, quote unquote, cheaper properties for 40, 45. I mean, if it hit 50 K, I would definitely be looking to, to offload some of my properties, um, for, you know, 40, $45, a piece. And so I think you're going to fight with that for a while. Um, and it's, it's really going to take 
some big projects and some businesses and some other features. Um, but I could see it maybe, maybe the end of next year, just depending on, on how it goes. So I, I would say 12 to 18 months, maybe. I can, I can agree with that. I think that again, it, it really depends. Cause the other thing I think is going to switch is that people are going to start really doing business outside of properties. So I think Upland will always have its core property kind of gameplay. I think that'll be an integral part for, for pretty much forever. But as we start to see uh, with these legits and other things, I, I think people might start to expand and, and maybe just get a couple properties and, you know, I don't think it's, it would be unheard of for somebody to only buy properties that they could develop, right? Because if you have properties that you can't develop and maybe never get developed, theoretically, you can't rent it out. Like, if you don't have a property on it, I mean, they haven't released any details on it, but likely you'll need something, a property to rent it. So it, it goes to the, the logic of like, well, why the hell do you need 10,000 properties if you're not ever going to be able to develop on them, uh, the interest rate will eventually start to go down. So the need to have thousands of properties that are going to be hard to manage, that you're not going to have developed, uh, I think will start to shift people's thought on how they actually do it. But that's just me. Yeah. And you have your certain neighborhoods that are, going higher and higher in the band. Um, but yeah, my God, if Merced Manor, which is funny because Recurry did give me a heads up like, Hey, you might want to check some. And I took down a couple of mine, um, that I had up there. Uh, and actually I started building, building on, on one and I'll build on a couple more, uh, in the next couple weeks. But then I was like, yeah, I think I have a whole row at like 250,000 each. And it's crazy to think, yeah, I might have to take those down because I don't really want to lose all, all of those. Um, and then I go, holy cow, if that's like, what's what's the floor in in Alamo Square? We need to get our game up, man. Um, Although I feel like I feel like we, we've been at over 200 for a minute, but maybe not. Um, I will look that up, actually. But yeah, Recurrier messaged me. I was already asleep and... I woke up this morning, I saw it, and I was like, oh, I'll change my prices around lunch. And, yeah, my two properties, I didn't even know I had two properties listed at 125 k and they both got scooped up pretty quickly. <laughs> that's, wait, for how much? 125 k I mean, that's still, that's still good, though. Oh, like, absolutely. That's crazy. I, like, I like, wasn't upset about it. I'm like, um, I think I bought these. I, I couldn't remember if I bought them for five or 9000 UPEX, so I'll take it. Yeah, and that's what people seem to not necessarily appreciate about, like, San Francisco being the Genesis property or the Genesis city of, like, these neighborhoods are well-established. They have a lot of OGs. They have a lot of momentum. Their value is going to continue to rise. Um, I mean, there's there's been, you know, history of this all the way back to, uh, oh, man, what was the, the first collection neighborhood to sell out? Uh, Hyde-Ashbury. Right. Like, it, it was interesting uh, to see... 
uh, how that played out and like the value not equating to the interest, but into the prospect. I, I think, you know, they had a distinct advantage of Hyatt Ashbury being a very historical neighborhood. It already being a collection, uh, but they were the first, like they had a dedicated um, telegram chat. They had um, artists that were doing stuff for Hyatt Ashbury. Like it was really um, as much as we, you know, like to pat ourselves on the back for Alamo square because Alamo square was the first community driven um by far, like that was the first neighborhood to do it as a community driven, but like Hyde Ashbury, it was a collection. It has a lot of historical great properties there. Um, And that was the first neighborhood collection to sell out and had a great community around it. And I think that that's what you're going to see. You got a ton of really cool neighborhoods. Um, You have, um, you know, a lot of people who are invested in it and are kind of playing their cards, some of them playing close to the chest, some of them very public about, you know, their expansion and what, they were, what they're looking to do. But, yeah, flipping, because what, you say five to 9000 and you're selling it for 125000 Like, you're not going to, there's going to be very few places in, like, non-collection, just standard properties in any of these other cities, I think, that are going to really get that much ROI. Um, there'll be a handful of neighborhoods in each city. And again, I think it's important, you know, community, you know, who's driving these communities. Also, kudos uh, to Recurrier. If you own, if you are part or a leader of one of these communities and you're planning on doing a big play or doing something, it is uh, a, like a courtesy and probably should be considered standard practice. Reach out Um to your bigger landholders and let them know what's going on. Um, so again, they can adjust prices or look at uh, things like that. So lowest asking price in Alamo square is 349,000 upex. Yeah. And I mean, we got, I mean, again, I, I, I cannot talk you so, know, great enough about Alamo square, but the yeah. funny thing with Alamo square, Kachow won properties from the genesis episode of the podcast and then he sold them and if he would have just held on to them he'd be way better off than he was well i mean you don't know you don't know what he flipped that into no i don't but not 350k (laughs) but yeah i think oh and our number one holder kenny um who is i think the ceo is I, don't, I hope I'm not misspeaking here. I believe he's the CEO of Crypto Finney, is he not? Or Crypto Writer. I know that for crypto sure. Crypto Writer. Yeah. Yeah. And the Crypto Finney project, which if you're not, if you haven't looked at that, really cool stuff. It is. Um, so, I mean, we have a, a lot of, uh, a lot of heavy hitters in that space. Uh, obviously, Merced Manor um, with the blockchain heroes, um, you know, spot, which will be interesting. Um I could see that being a, you know, a storefront, you know, for people to be able to sell their blockchain heroes inside of Upland, which I don't know if people are still interested in that, but if they are, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I could see it as a money laundering site. (laughs) What? I mean, they're just repackaging the same product on different blockchains. So, you know, kind of money laundering, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't think you know what that word means, but okay. 
<laughs> okay, rug pull. We'll go with rug pull. Well, I mean, I, 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 you're gonna bait me into just being mean, and I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. You just. <sighs> All right. No ahead. comment. I'm not. I'm no, I just. I'm not. I don't know who has the most property. Stop. Stop spamming it. I genuinely don't. I don't know who has the most properties in San Francisco. And how do you know that, TM, that you had the most? Right. All right. So, so you didn't take a. Uh, you didn't take the bait, so. <laughs> I'm not going to take the bait. I, I think people who know me know my feelings on blockchain heroes uh, in general. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't know that they were launching. Did they launch blockchain heroes on other on other chains? Um, I think they're on chain number three or number four now. Is it the same product? Yeah, just pretty much change the border here or there, change the color scheme oh there. That... That does disgust me. That's, you know what? That's just lazy money grabbing. That's not money laundering because it's not like they have money from somewhere else and they're trying to clean it through wax. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, so it just devalues each set as you continue to do it, so. Yeah, it's... But if people I don't are buying like it, that. I mean that's the problem with the NFT space is is any sort of money grabs. I just I don't like it. I don't like it. it I, I think it devalues the entire NFT ecosystem and dilutes and hides good projects. I mean, you look at you look at you know, and I mean, I, I won't toot just the you know the the horns of you know our our esteemed colleagues, but like. Metaphors Comics, they are, you know, they're doing cool shit with the comics, with doing, you know, e-readers. They're, you know, they put thought into their content and they put thought into their art, like, and it's not just repackaged. And they think about even things like, I think it was so cool, you know, talking about, oh, well, we want to, like, when you open the pack, you want to save the pack because it's unique. Some shit like that. Like, there's a ton of little things that go into, like, really sincere projects like Metaphors comics that aren't just there to be money grabs. And I hate to see when other projects with higher like visibility are just out there just trying to make a quick buck, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. You did kind of take the bait, so I like it. Yeah, no, I just <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help yourself. I, I tried not to, but I was like, <laughs> I couldn't help yourself. Now, ha- have you like, gone just looking at what people have been building in the upland community lately you mean like in upland or like yeah other sites or no in upland on the maps with where people are deciding to put what style buildings oh you're like what we're talking to the pre-show yes um no i mean yes and no i i think some people who just like play stuff stupid i things like off center for whatever reason or i don't know i have some some pet peeves on building placement and style but uh yeah no go ahead because yeah i I haven't seen the ones but yeah go ahead 
Well, I mean, you did pick a tiny house in Mercer Manor and kind of put it all the way to the one side of the property. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, you mean towards the edge of the road? Yeah. Well, so my my thinking there, and this is the first one I did that, actually. So I'm trying to... So they they haven't announced if you're going to be allowed to move the building after the fact, like on the same property. I think, and based on... Again, I shouldn't base it on other games I've played because Lord knows they don't actually operate like a normal gaming company. But, you know, traditionally, like, that would be not unheard of is, okay, I can't move it to another parcel, but on that parcel, I should be able to reallocate it. I really hope they do that because that way teams um, can organize how they want to put it. But my logic on that one was it was – not wide enough to fill up a good amount. Oh, actually, I meant to unbuild that one, actually. Now, thanks for reminding me. I'm actually going to destroy that one because I didn't. I picked a building that was too small, I think. Anyway, maybe not. So for that, I if they're allowed to put decorations. So my one thing is I never put it at the complete front of a parcel. So most of the ones I'm building are the standard rectangular uh, properties that can fit a townhouse or a small townhouse. And I always try and put it more in the center, at least a couple blocks off of the front, because when you place outdoor decor, you're going to need space. So I, and I want to place something in the front yard and potentially in the backyard, but I feel like a front yard piece is more important. So I never place it right on the, on the road. I always place a little bit back that particular one. I placed um, on the side of the of the property because that would give me a little bit more um, there wasn't enough space to, to center it and feel like I could actually place like a decoration or a tree on either side so I placed it really close to the one edge to maximize the space on the other side that's really funny that you, that you picked it out I just uh, started building that today actually <laughs> yeah I was just like everybody else had the largest size house to fit the property and you had the smallest size house and it was like pushed back into the corner up to the road i'm like is he going to hope that, <laughs> is he going to hope that decor is going to let him put a bunch of junk cars and he can just pile it in the yard no you know what i totally i that one i because oh you know what it was is i won the um so all my spark is always staked however today or, or the other day i got my reward from the Halloween contest. So I got a uh, 0.12 spark, which was awesome. Um, shout out to the team in Porky park. Um, and, you know, thanks for letting me borrow a couple buildings to be able to decorate there. And um, so I had, I had just had a little bit of spark and I went to go build it. And I, I did pick the smallest one cause that's all I could build at the time. And then I realized that, I need to build a townhouse, not a small townhouse. So actually I will be destroying that one. I won't actually, but I'll probably place it very similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. But there's people just building like random ranches and financial districts or, <laughs> or, or random small buildings on usually prestigious neighborhoods or famous streets. And it, I, I don't know if they're trolls or if they have, you know, just a couple properties and they want to build something. It, it's just, but it's, is comical. Yeah. I mean, they've already said, 
Well, did they? Now I'm going to. You can definitely place multiple items on a single parcel. I don't know if they said you can place multiple buildings. I know, obviously, right now you can't. Um, I can't remember if they said they would allow multiple buildings on a single property, which could certainly be interesting um, to see how that works. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, you know, people, I don't know if they just, they are just using their spark because whatever. Like, I know I first started building in the corner of, of uh, San Francisco. Like, I didn't want to build on my Alamo Square and I'm limiting, um, I'm limiting the number that I build on Alamo Square uh, because again, I, I want to wait for other things just in case. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know if people are just like experimenting or, or whatever they want to do. But I would like to see them come out with new models for building also. Yeah, I would like to definitely see, and I mean, I think we will see some some more models. I, I think like that's a great opportunity for them to, you know, release like you know, almost like in the video game world, what you would consider like an expansion pack, right? Like you know, here's the X expansion pack with these additional um, housing models, etc. Uh, I don't see that happening for a while, honestly. Um, I think that they still have a lot of other property development things that they need to work out, but that would be, that would certainly be a good one. They the number of colors availability, which I can appreciate because it does help create some amount of consistency. Um, so I, I do appreciate that to some degree. I hope when they start coming out with like the legislation that neighborhoods can select um, color palettes, much like an HOA. So you can maybe, um, depending on the level of your neighborhood, you get a number of exclusive color slots. So imagine unlocking as a community, um, you know, three additional colors that you can paint your houses and you get to vote on the colors uh, available. And then that could be a very big selling point of like, hey, you know, there, this is the, the Merced Manor exclusive blue or the Alamo Square exclusive red, um, you know, come here. And it, it could create um, some really interesting uh, designs and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, and I just uh, sorted Alamo Square. And basically you have three properties at 350000 minute asking price, 745 799000 and then you hit a million. So you have six properties below a million, and then the Florida Alamo Square is a million. Dang. I'm almost tempted to buy those 350000 ones. Who's selling them? Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't say who's selling them. Well, I'm just looking on the analytics page, and I sorted by asking price lowest to highest. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, it, it's not also, as detailed yeah. as Upex World was at telling you who owned it. Gotcha. Does it at least link? Can you like click it and we'll pull it up in game or no? No. Okay. Well, at least the bar for the competition is very low. Well, I think they realized the downtick in secondary sales and said, oh, shit, 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 we got to do something. What do we do? Let's throw up a site. 
hurry up. Who do we know to do this? And they put stuff together to get it out. And it's functional, and it helps you find properties, which the community was definitely missing. So, And they've even said it's a stopgap. So. Yeah. No, that's fair. Oh, so here's a – was this today? A couple, couple hours old. General Mort tweeted – Fresh off a successful, oh, this, how old is it? 11 11? Oh, that was today. That's today, Veterans Day. Thank you to uh, all the veterans. Oh, oh, damn, damn. I know. No, no. Shut your mouth. You don't get safe thing. I want to extend a happy Veterans Day and appreciation to our very own military veteran, Too Stupid to Win. Hats off. I did, I, I, met, I made a big mental note. I come from a veteran family. My brother and father are both ex Air Force. Kudos, uh, I, you know. Thank you for your selfless acts of of being in the military. Ah, uh, you're welcome. No problem. Thanks. I knew you were going to try and call me out as soon as I said it. I was like, no, no, <laughs> you will be thanked. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, anyway, back to the back to this tweet. Uh, General Mort tweets, uh, Collection Reveal Nashville, Upland saw its highest single-day transaction volume ever at 167 million UPEX, which obviously is about $167,000. Uh, and it was also th- the trading volume was the third highest of all time with 7.6 thousand trades. Uh, very cool stuff. Very cool. Does that stuff. surprise you? Do, does that is that a high number or a low number? Do you think? Um, hundred and I mean, one hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars. I wonder what the average is. I wonder what the average day trading is. I, I think it's pretty good of where we're at with the number of users and where we're at uh, overall in the game. Yeah, I mean, one hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars traded hands. 167 million UPEX, I guess that's about 167 million UPEX traded hands today. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's just a matter of time before we're talking about millions of dollars, you know, a billion UPEX exchanging hands on a daily basis. How long until we hit? So when do you think we hit our first? Million uh, billion UPEX transaction day. So if we're at if the highest right now is 167 million, how long until we till we have a billion UPEX day? I mean, it, it really depends on how how quickly they can grow with the Series A funding, and it really depends on what they do with the legits because we're approaching week ten now in uh, in the football season. There's only 17 18 weeks and we still got to start getting the 2021 legits out they were talking about maybe week four or five and i understand they're developing stuff and getting the cities released and all that so i would expect us being able to interact with the stadium soon and i would expect with this money and with the legits that we'd see an influx of players because we're 10xing, we're, we're 5xing where we're at right now. I want to call it 5x, more like 7.5x in where we're at right now. I don't know. That That's a tough call of trying to project a timeline of it now with uh, all the big 
big announcements over the last month and a half or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um if they're going to consider that in the volume. Also on the legits, I so the way I see them playing it out is that 2020 will be all of 2021. I think 2021 will start in 2022 probably just for the playoffs. Um, and they'll allow essentials and probably the replicas. I don't know what they're going to do with the moments. They might like, you know, the, it might be one of those like after the fact things as well for 2022. Uh, but I can, I can see them keeping the 2021 like essentials open until the start of the 2022 season. So that would give them, you know, the first half of 2022 to do 2021. And then the start of the 2022 NFL season would, would be the switch over to the 2022. And then that would be, I, I think that that's how they're going to do it, I would imagine. But they've talked about how, you know, your cards could be up. You, you get the cards ahead of time and then the cards could be upgraded because of game performances of that week if you're at that stadium area. So, I know they probably still. But I don't have know to... if it's upgraded. It's not upgraded. It's it, you just get the stats, right? Well, so catch the fire. The, you get the fire. You get the fire. In yeah, the you get the fire, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I could see them doing something where after the playoffs, like again, it'll be you'll know. I guess it'll be a little weird because you'll know the moments, but like, because they'll need to sell moments from twenty twenty one regular season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like you can't you can't have twenty twenty moments and then go straight to 2022 moments. So you'll have to you'll have to distribute the moments from the games that have already passed in some way. Um, <laughs> yeah, they also talked about business beta in February. That's <laughs> right. true. That's true. Um, yes. So I mean, I just hope that they don't end up doing. I, I hope that they find a better way to do it than these boxes. Um, I, I just, I don't think that, I don't think that that'll go over very well. They need to leverage um, the fact of the people who are buying these essentials for 2020 and these fan scores. They need to leverage that as something to do with how you get the 2021 mementos and the 2021 um, replicas and stuff like that. <coughs> Like that, that's, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, they seem a little bit behind on it, but again, I think all of 20, I mean, they have, cause when does the football season start in September, September, August? right around, September? right after Labor Day. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, even if, you know, it'll be a bit delayed, but I, you know, once they get that regular season, you'll have essentials. I would imagine being able to buy 2021 essentials from January to September of 2022. And then once the 2022 season kicks off, then I think we're back. Like then we're actually in the full swing. Um, I think what they'll do is they'll also start to, they, since they have a backlog of these moments, I think that they'll use that as a, as a time to experiment with um, their shop mechanics and getting in queue um, and and doing all of that, they might even offer it at different times 
Um, you know, they don't have to always do it on Sunday uh, for these. So that, I could see them leveraging that in a couple different ways, honestly. Yeah. Now, but. something, when we had our year episode, we talked about overall player net worth and what it would be like a year later. And you had 350,000 UPEX as overall net worth. We blown by that. Yeah. We've blown by that? Oh, yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago when we had uh, our 100th episode and we had the numbers up and we had uh, Sotheby's and, and uh, uh, now you're making me forget. Um, well, what are we at now? Do we have any numbers now? We we don't have numbers now, but I was shuffling through the notes um, looking at that because I was trying to actually record it so we could bring it up on our two-year episode like we talked about, and uh, I was I was actually surprised with with where we were at on those numbers and what we had. Yeah. So what in the one year? What was the cap? Yeah, we definitely need to make a document of this. We need to be better historians. Yeah. I, well, I write it all in my notebook. I just don't transfer it to something that I can. Uh, oh, okay. Get one of your kids to do it for extra credit. My oldest is nine. And they don't know how to use a computer? Oh, she does. All right. Well, put her to work. But only pay her two-thirds of what you would pay one of your sons. She needs to learn now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That was bad. Uh, But what I was getting at was my guess was $750,000, and we're, like, right around that area. No, we are not. Yes. Hold on. Let me pull up the Discord. We now. have somebody with over 500000 Um, Well, you know, no, you never pay attention in our episode, so. No. Did we already cover this? <laughs> I'm like an Alzheimer's patient sometimes. So, sometimes. But, yeah, I was just flipping through it. I was like, damn. Here, let me find Mixplick. There we go. And this was from... Our 100th episode open. Wait, there wasn't somebody with 750 in our 100th, was there? Dude, what the f- no. Dude, you're just making shit up, man. I, I am not. Well, we're going to get there. Here, I'll share the screen. We're not at 750, so... Not at 750, but still we're past everybody's guest besides mine, and we still got to make it till June of next year. TM said 500K, you said 350K, and then everybody was kind of below that, and I had 750K. Oh my God. We're, yeah, I mean, we're over 500,000, but we ain't at, you made it seem like we're close to 750. We're over 500,000. And we got told yeah. June. I mean, that is impressive for sure. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, based on this, I feel like we we could see a billion, right? Yeah, we could, we could genuinely see a billion by you know our two year anniversary. 
of the podcast. That's crazy. Yes. Oh, TM just sent out the uh, guy in the blue mask and gloves. Don't look at your phone. What are you on about? I think he only sent that to you, bro. Well, I'm just warning you if you get that. Okay, good Don't open a message from TM. Okay. All right, really quick, before we get out of here for the week, we got to hit up the uh, where we're at with fantasy football in the Upland Fantasy League. Ugh. <laughs> You're not as happy as you were last year. No. Dude, last week sucked. For, well, and I was, like, on vacation, so I was, like, not really paying attention, and, like, I messed up a bunch of things. Ironically, my C. Davis guy didn't even get any points against T. Davis, which I, I feel like is, is genuine collusion. Like, that's collusion. He's like, bro, we got the same last name. You can't score against me. Yeah. So last week, uh, trying to beat up on Franklin Bombers, 116 to 106. Dizzy secured the win 96 to 79 over Nishirin. Sparkers lost to Max Lifer, 69ers. T. Davis was kind of upset there were 69ers involved. Uh, T. Davis beat up on Thank Me Later, 134 to 53, which is a pretty good ass kicking but then Clyde Torres aka TM beat up on Payne Hurst aka DJ Shorts 157 to 70 for the biggest blowout of the week of 86.94 and Mars Utah and myself's matchup was so pathetic we really shouldn't even talk about it because I think I'm 69 <laughs> to 55 <laughs> what were you two slap fighting my <laughs> guess it, it was it was definitely pathetic um very shameful. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that's just bad. So, but T. Davis is in first place, followed up by Choina, myself, Nietzsche, and Franklin Bombers. Thank me later. Max Life, Dizzy, Payne Hurts, Mars Utah, Clyde Torres, and Sparkles. I mean, come on, TM. You were telling us how you were going to kick all our asses and you were going to be great. And uh, not seeing it so far. You're... In a challenge of not making the playoffs. And this week, I am playing TM, and I'm expected to whoop his ass, and he stopped changing his name every week, maybe changes his luck. Choyna and Mars Utah are facing off. Franklin and Dizzy are going head-to-head. Sparkles versus Nishirin. T. Davis versus Max Life. And Thank Me Later is going against DJ Short. So it'll be an interesting week to see how it plays out. You have anything else before we get out of here this week? Thank me later. No. No. All right. And until next week, everybody be safe, have fun, and uh, we might work on some movie quotes from here on out. We'll see. Oh, dang. Yeah, we need to do that, you slagger. Um, I've been paying out money that I haven't got money in for, so um, oh, the other slackers. (laughs) So I'm trying to recuperate some uh, promised funds, and it's drying up my ability to buy legits. But yes, and until next week, everybody be safe, have fun, and send stupid comments to thank me later. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. 
glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your optics, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over the booth.